Welcome to Aromatic Chat, the podcast that introduces you to registered clinical and certified aromatherapists around the world. Every other week, my Mima sits down with a different aromatherapist to learn about their aromatic journey and how they use their plants that God has given us in their lives and their businesses. Aromatic Chat is produced by Lemon Balm Coaching, and your host is my Mima, Melissa. She is a master transformational coach and a registered aromatherapist. Hey friends, welcome to episode number 82, Aromatic Chat with Zoe Pichot. Zoe is a registered aromatherapist and a budding herbalist. She was born and raised on a domain of aromatic plants in the south of France. She is blessed to have a legacy of aromatics in her family, and she developed an intimate connection to plants, flowers, and the energy of the forest early on. There is so much more to share, and I want you to hear it all from her, so let's get started. Zoe, I am really thankful that you said yes to being on Aromatic Chat. I had an opportunity to speak with you back in February of this year for the AIA conference, and it was just a pleasure to speak with you then. And I'm so thankful that we have this opportunity to get together so that we can hear your aromatic story. Thank you so much for having me and thinking of me. Absolutely. Well, let's go ahead and just dive right in. I love our journeys because none of them are straight lines, right? So I would love to hear how you ended up here uh, as an aromatherapist. Yeah, well, my journey is really my life, actually, um, because I don't know what life is without aromatherapy or plant medicine or essential oils, um, because I was born and raised in the south of France on a domain of aromatic plants where we had a distillery and my parents um, evolved and kind of got into aromatherapy and essential oils before it was really popular yet. Um And so I really grew up in that environment. And so be it with the plants around me, aromatic plants um, and the forest, obviously were really part of my community, let's say, growing up. Um, And then be it aromatherapy and really herbalism, all kinds of holistic healings with my mother, who's Lori Hargis. Um, and then my father, Jean-Claude Pichot, who is the founder of uh, Gojimal, a um, essential oil hydrosol trading company uh, in the south of France. And so where my father was really doing business um, and really got into the industry of essential oils after um, after doing a lot of distillation, he created one of the first um, portable distilleries mm-hmm. um, in Avignon, south of France also, but different parts where they would go distill at at the farmer's places directly. And so anyway, um, so I can't imagine what life would be without it. And there's no like before or after being introduced to essential oils. It's just like they were there all around me. And so as a child, it was really great because um, I was able to firsthand experience their benefits and that without... um, you know, any kind of placebo effects or any beliefs, because um, I wasn't indoctrinated into thinking this is the way that medicine is and it shouldn't be any other way. Um, I really just saw that um, what my mother was giving me was for my greatest good and would help me to be able to feel better when I got sick. Um, and also, 
I think very early on, since my parents were just talking about it constantly, and so it was really in um, my my family circle, um, smelling was a huge thing. Um, we love cooking. And so we we really gather around aromas and so around smells and olfactions. And so I was trained. My nose was constantly trained. And um, and then, you know, going to conferences and going to um, big seminars and things like that. I went everywhere with my parents around the world discovering different smells. And so I just really had a, developed a, a flair for it. And then I I also... When I went to high school, I did an international Anglo-American section to also, since I was living in France, um, develop my Anglo-American culture. And so I love liberal arts. And so I started doing very classical studies, in fact, while I was passing my aromatherapy registration um, and then decided um, to put that on hold, the more academic, um, classic studies to really, it just seemed obvious at some points that, oh, I want to be closer to the plants and I want to make aromatherapy and herbalism the main thing I do because in a lot of my spare time, I'm going to be giving my friends advice. I'm constantly, you know, when people are sick around me, like, oh, do you, you know, how do you heal yourself? Like, what are your tools? Like, do you want tools? Um, how can we make this easier? Because I see a lot of my friends, especially young people who just don't know what to do when they're sick and who just suffer, um, kind of with not a lot of like accessible tools. Right. And, and so then that's how I'm here today. (laughs) That's, that's really great because, you know, I think of, I think of kids, right. And when we grow up in a family that's so immersed in a culture, so many kids say, Mm-mm, not for me. I don't want to do it. Did you ever have that moment where you're like, I, I don't think so, mom and dad. I think I want to try this other thing instead. Well, I think that my parents never like pushed me to go into that. And my father, I think, definitely did not want me um, <laughs> to actually do this. Um, he really wanted That's me funny. to do classical, <laughs> classical studies, um, because he didn't go to college, um, and just kind of succeeded from his hard work and really his knack for that, um, that industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he really, since I've always been brilliant in school, really pushed me, okay, you are the person in the family who's going to go to college who's going to get a higher education that is going to be like, I was in a very elitist um, thing. It's it's very different in France. Also the, the system and everything. Um, and, and my mom is, is just great because she's always um, been like, follow your dreams. Like I'll support you, um, you know, whatever it will be, even if it seems impossible, that's very much how she is. And I'm so grateful for that. Even like, the teenage years where you kind of, you know, push away from your family because you have to develop your own self. Right. Um, I was still connected to essential oils and still connected to plants because my connection to them isn't only through my family. It's also an intimate connection that I have with them. And so it's not um, governed by my relationship to my parents. Yeah. I loved that you said earlier, you said the the forest is part of your community. <laughs> which told me that your your connection is genuine. It's not like, oh, I'm doing this just because that's all I've ever known. Like the forest is part of your community, which I just think that's a really beautiful way to state your connection to plants, that it's a community. 
Yeah, um, it's something that I'm kind of developing and kind of um, putting more consciousness on more and more these days of how non-human um, beings are also part of community and that I'm communing with them constantly. There's this anthropologist, anthropologist, Descola, French anthropologist, um, who really did some groundbreaking work that basically says that our distinction between nature and culture um, is completely occidental and doesn't make any more sense. And so that we should abolish it and start, we change um, the way that we live and our relationship to the things around us if we can change that vision. And so there's a lot of like, for example, land defenders in Notre-Dame-des-Landes, for example, in in the north of France, who defended um, this this land against um, the building of an airport, and who said, "We're not defending nature; we're nature defending itself." And that's something that I I really love. And I realize now I actually grew up very isolated because we were the only house at the end of a road, where it's the end of the road, only forest around us, um, three kilometers from a village of two hundred people, mm-hmm. and so extremely isolated so I can have friends coming up you know and saying oh you know let's go play or whatever it wasn't that simple let's say to have social interaction like it demanded effort to take the car or to ride a bike so now I realize that yes the forest the plants around me I spent so much time outside by myself that they were truly pillars of my community I'm curious like what is it that people come to you for for aromatherapy. I know you're also practicing herbalism or or um studying herbalism, studying herbalism. But like when when clients come to you, what is it that they're coming to you for? Like what is your specialty? I'd say now for almost a year I've been working with a lot of people who want to quit smoking. Mm. Um mostly tobacco and cannabis. So that codependency and it's been really interesting. Well, I've also put out there that that's what I want to work on because um, that's what I wrote my research paper on um, to pass my registration last year. And um, and so that's when I really dove deep into it and found it to be just so intricate and so interesting. And that I see that there's a real potential for olfaction and aromatherapy to help with smoking sensation and um, just SUDs in, in general. So like substance use disorders addictions um and if not um so that's that's pretty particular but i've been working with about like six people i'd say that we always come to their desired results sometimes it's not stopping smoking completely but becoming a little bit more comfortable less dependent um and just finding more it's really a lot of emotional regulation I was actually going to ask, like, how, what is the process? Because that's not an easy thing. My mom was a smoker her whole life up until the day she couldn't, up until the day she didn't wake up. She was a smoker Mm. her whole life. So I'm just curious about that process. How do you, how do you, how do you help them with their cessation? We'll be back after a quick break. 
Hey friends, if you're an aromatherapist, here's something really important that you may not have been taught in aromatherapy school. Connecting with other professional aromatherapists is really important to the health of your practice. Why? Because our brains are designed for connection. Connection, team, clan, tribe, core group, no matter what you call it, it's about survival. When you are isolated, it's easy to become discouraged and feel like nothing you're doing really matters. But when you're connected, and part of a larger group focused on the same goal, you're energized, and maybe you even feel invincible. Well, coming up September 26th through 28th, you have a chance to be a part of a community of aromatherapists at the Aromatics in Action International Conference, Embracing and Composing Sustainable Aromatics in Nashville, Tennessee, USA, brought to you by the Alliance of International Aromatherapists. The AIA is bringing together industry leaders and educators, as well as exhibitors, at their first post-pandemic in-person conference. There will also be on-demand sessions to add more learning opportunities and continuing education. I invite you to visit alliance-aromatherapist.org and sign up today. That's alliance-aromatherapist.org or visit the link in the show notes and sign up today to join the AIA and be a part of the tribe. Um. So. I help them by giving them a new tool and by giving them also information about what is really their disorder, Mm. because like people might want to stop smoking, but they don't necessarily actually know how it works in the brain or see it as a brain disorder. Like we see it very much as a psychological disorder. Um, And so people can feel a lot of guilt with relapsing, um, feel like they have no willpower. And so it's really to be there and build people up from where they are. Um, and not try to like tear down to then like build them back up. And it demands a lot of patience. Um, and that it's not, it's, it's not linear, I have to say. Um, and it's also extremely subjective. Well, really, of course, like aromatherapy, we want to tailor to each client and being that holistic optic, but it's so intricate because it's about their relationship with themselves, um, and their emotions. And so how they're going to deal with their emotions kind of um peeling all of the layers off of that and seeing like what is the root cause of this um and so sometimes it's going and i think that's what i like the most is trying to create um that real intimate space where people can finally open up and i i feel though like in fact with the smoking cessation clients it's all, it's harder it takes more time to develop that it takes a lot of trust I mean, it it might seem very obvious, but, you know, I can start working with a client and be like, okay, like, I'll call you next week. We have an appointment next week or something. And they stop answering or they stop showing or things like that, where it demands a lot of attention and just I'm constantly learning. And so I'm also learning um, a lot more about emotionally supporting these people because that's most of it um what's great though is that i can explain the science to them why can this essential oil and why can olfaction help them um so that way it doesn't just stay woo woo and so it, it can seem tangible mm-hmm. and so they can then like put consciousness on what's going on inside of them what's great with essential oils is i think in that case is um that they 
can help us then deal with our emotions, go and reroute parts of our brain, but also work for all of the physical ailments that we're going to get with the withdrawal symptoms. Um, and so that I have clients that the essential oils are really going to help them with their cravings, um, mm-hmm. like food cravings um, that come up, especially when you stop smoking tobacco. The food cravings can be really intense. The first client I had, actually, I started treating him and working with him when he had stopped smoking. It was like the second to third week. So that's when it gets the most intense with cannabis. And so he had sweats, um, fever, nausea, all of that. And so where I came and massaged him. And worked really on the physical body. And they're so versatile um, that it's 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 truly a blessing. That's amazing. And I don't know, it, it depends on who you talk to in the US, I think. Like if uh, smoking gets a bad name or if it's just something that we gloss over and pretend it's not an issue. So I don't know what it's like in France and why people, why are people seeking you out? Because I don't see that happening much here in the US, but it might just be that I'm not around that, Mm. you know, the community of smokers. Yeah, it's a very different relationship to smoking tobacco, especially um, in France and in the U.S. Um, In France, people smoke a lot. Mm. Like, and that's kind of, I feel like the vision that Americans have of Europe is that we do smoke a lot. You know, we sit out in cafes and smoke cigarettes and drink coffee. With a beret and a scarf. Totally true. (laughs) And your baguettes. Um, and, and people like your like legal age is 18. Everything in France is 18. We don't have 21 anymore. And so, um, but it's really easy just to buy cigarettes. Mm -hmm. Like you you can be 14, 15 and buy cigarettes. There's no carding. There's no problem. Same with like alcohol, basically. So we're still very much attached to that. And so it's, um, it's, it's extremely common. Like, for example, when I went to high school, I was far away from home. So I went, I slept in a dormitory during the week in dorms and we had a cigarette break at night when we were minors. Mm-hmm. Um, but because minors were already so addicted at that point that they had mm-hmm. to give us one for people to not smoke. Like they were like, we better just do it because if not, everyone's smoking in their rooms and we can have that. Right. And but it's still how you say it's it's more seen as a problem than alcohol is mm. i would have to say because people like are conscious of what it does like you you are like people talk about it a lot mm-hmm. um and you know on our on our tobacco <clears throat> packets now packets there's pictures of you know like what it can do to you like we have that kind of propaganda that way it starts like each time you go to take one, you see the like blackened lungs or you see this person on a respiratory respirator. Right. But and but we really have the culture of smoking cannabis and tobacco together, um, which, for example, in the U.S., I feel like it's a lot of time more just smoking cannabis um, on its own. Right. Um, and that, I feel like in La- when I go to Los Angeles, like people won't look at you weirdly if you smoke a blunt in the streets, but they will if you smoke a cigarette. Mm. And I think that's so interesting because cannabis is not legal also in France. Um, that's what you have to you, you have to know. And so there's there's a lot of um, restrictions on cannabis users by by the government. And but so many people we're one of the European countries that consumes the most cannabis. Hmm. And what's so interesting is tobacco is really like the most disgusting product ever when when smoked. 
um, everyone, when they're small, when their parents smoke, they're going to say, I won't ever smoke. It's gross. First time you smoke, you're going to say, Black, I don't like this. Why would anyone do this? But it's so highly addictive. Mm-hmm. That yeah. That's where, and it's a business, basically. It's a huge big, business. Big business. You have huge, huge business. And so I know now I've been hearing about this also um, is that, in fact, if you want to be um, that it's also like a political line now to be like, oh, I'm going to stop smoking cigarettes to be more in political alignment with what I believe. Hmm. Um, And that 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 could get a lot of people who smoke and who the like scientific medical reasons for their health, they don't really care about like it can't get them to stop because you need that motivation. And so I'd say the people who come to me is that they feel that their consumption, they're too dependent on it. And so they're, the link to their consumption is too intense. And they can see that there's parts of their lives that make it where they can't show up anymore mm-hmm. the way they would like to. And that also they're using it a lot of times as a crutch also. So where there's going to be like anger issues, where there's going to be like unresolved traumas, And just the fact that I think a lot of people don't know how to rest and relax. And so like cigarette breaks, the only thing that's ever been given to them. Right. I have to say, I do treat mostly women, mothers. um, So who do like find the relaxation, find like the time for themselves only through their cigarette or their joints. And so it's all about that's how aromatherapy can help us find more ease um, and take that time for ourselves to breathe deeply, to be in our body, and to be present. I mean, just wow, because um, I don't know of anybody who is really approaching smoking the way that you're that you're approaching it. I've, I've heard of other aromatherapists who it's kind of something that they do as part of their aromatherapy, but it seems to me that you've really taken this and you're really running with it, researching and showing up in a way that I haven't heard of really anybody showing up before. So, wow. Thank you. I'm curious, what what inspired you to go down this, this route? What inspired me is that I worked on a lot of physical ailments for like the first year and a half, let's say. And I've always been so passionate about the intricate connections between our emotional body and our physical body and how they we can't actually see them as separate. And so I wanted to work on something with a little bit more, um, how you say, uh, more ethereal, more invisible, um, less tangible. And it's really this, uh, a friend of mine, her boyfriend reached out to me um, because I said, oh, um, I, I had to do my last case study And so I said, oh, you know, if there's anybody who's, you know, interested, I'm I'm open to work with about anything. And and so he reached out to me and needed help at that time when he was going through the smoking cessation while trying on his own already and had already tried a lot of other modalities. Mm -hmm. And so then it was just kind of the click of like, this makes a lot of sense to me. And I feel like um, there's a big gap in that area. And especially for young people, like, I don't actually really know, like, you can sometimes find, you know, like, phone numbers that are written in, like, certain social places Mm -hmm. um, of, like, you know, if you want to stop smoking, like, call this number or whatever. But I'm not, like, 
I was never educated on, you know, where to go, like how how does it work when you're dealing with an addiction really in France? Right. Um obviously there's rehab centers, there's detoxification centers, but tr- truly what kind of support systems do we have for this? And since smoking is so common and that so many people around me do smoke and in the circles that I am in and that I feel like I always see um what it's hiding, like the unease and the unhappiness that it can be hiding um, and the social angst or existential angst that I was really like, okay, I think I really want to go and study this and see what's possible. And then I think also the fact that there's not that much research on it. And in fact, there's no research on the codependency. So the use of olfaction or aromatherapy for cannabis and tobacco smoking cessation. Uh, also, I was like, okay, I want to go deeper into this. And one of my next goals is I'd really like to open groups. Um, so we're groups of people and to work so more in more in community and really create that that support network and not just be only on the one on one. Um, and I think that would be really beautiful. I was actually going to ask you if, is this just one-on-one or is in a group setting? So that's awesome. Oh my gosh. Because you can reach so many more people, obviously, if you do a group, uh, group settings, that's, that's really amazing, Zoe. Thanks. I don't know if if you realize how amazing it is because you're in, (laughs) you're doing it, you know, you're just like, I'm just doing the work, but really I've, I've not heard of anybody and and that doesn't mean there isn't, but I just haven't heard of anybody else doing what you're doing with with smoking cessation. And it's it it is dear to me because you know my mom smoked her whole life and passed away from all the complications of smoking. Um, so I'm just I'm really amazed, I'm really amazed. That's amazing. That's awesome. I'm curious if you have any other hobbies outside of aromatherapy and herbalism because you seem pretty pretty entrenched. I actually have way too many hobbies um, and I don't. So it's really hard for me to like organize my time and my free time. And what do I want to like really master and develop? Um, My newest hobby has been basket weaving Mm. Um, and basket weaving with like, um, we call it like wild rustic. So I learned a certain technique from Corsica and where basically also we use, we make, you know, interesting shapes where we use all of the essence um, and we don't, you know, like work them too much. Well, like, you know, we don't like sort them. Like it's not like perfect size. We don't cut them or anything like that. And where you can really use anything, very not cool. just wicker. Um, wicker, which is willow actually, tree, salix. And um and so that's been actually just great to just be like, oh, I can go out in the forest and I can like make myself a bowl or like I can make myself like and just like being able to like do something manual that like makes sense. And that is like hard also. And and I just yeah, I really love that. If not, um, I write a lot and I do slam poetry. Um, so that's something also I do. I've been organizing like um, how you say writing workshops. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Um, yeah, around around poetry. And so I also perform, but even though that's like very much um on the back burner um right now. And if not, yeah, um dancing. I love folk dancing. Um, like that one-on-one connection and group connection also is really great. 
And I'm also very politically active and so very into land defending those things in France and yeah, connecting and seeing everything that I can do and the connections that I can create in the this territory. And I'm getting more and more attached to the place where I, I grew up, um, at least the, the region. That's really cool. You sound like, you sound like a really fun person to hang out with. <laughs> Thanks. I'm not fun all the time. I can be serious, but <laughs> Yeah, but fun, you know, we have to enjoy the things that we do or what's the point in doing them? Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the mission of Aromatic Chat is for people to be able to find you and connect with you in the work that you're doing. How can people find you? People can find me through the Lori Hargis International School of Aromatherapy because I'm the public relations manager. So basically Instagram, TikTok now. Also, I just created the TikTok account like two days ago. It's Lori Hargis Aromatherapy. And so you can contact me directly through there because I basically do all of Lori's social media. Um, I don't have my own social media platform, but I'm also contactable through Facebook, on my own profile, or um, by email. Beautiful. And what are you working on right now that's got you really excited? And it doesn't have to be aromatherapy related, just like what are you, you as a person, what are you working on that's that you're excited about right now? Um, well, right now I'm really studying for my exams in herbalism. And so I'm doing a lot of botanical outings and that's just so exciting, participating in like botanical study groups. And so just seeing like the diversity of plants and all of their different usages. And I think just learning more and more about bio indicating, I don't know how you would say that in English, but like plants that basically indicate um, things in our soil. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just recently um, started learning about how also the soil like what they indicate in the soil is also probably what they can be good for for our bodies and for our soil and so if you have a plant growing in your garden maybe it's for a reason um and especially if you're attached you know to to the ground that you're on and that is just so fascinating and um, it makes so much sense. Like suddenly I just like assisted like some conferences. There's this um, botanist in France, uh, Gérard Dusser, um, who has really been a huge innovator for the last like 20 years in that department. Yeah, just loving that. And also wild orchids um, are flowering. And I'm in actually one of the regions in France. So in the Aude, um, which is southwest um, France, we're right on the border of Spain, uh, the Pyrenees. Our, the main city is Carcassonne which a lot of people know from the board game and also virtual game that it became of this medieval city anyway. And so we have some of the most wild orchids and some very particular ones that people come from all around France or even internationally to see bloom specifically. And so where I grew up, I remember I spent the first um, lockdown in 2020 um, just like studying wild orchids but I didn't have like a lot of botanical keys so I was just like observing and sitting with them and then I made flower essences from them also and so now I'm like in botanical groups where there's like other people that are just like passionate about them and what I love too is that passion that people have even though like they're not they don't have like medicinal properties Mm -hmm. and it's just really this fascination for um really just the flower the plants that's cool. And I love the idea of what is in the plant is what your body needs. Um, 
It's so true. And and when you think about how the, the whole world was designed, right? The plants were here before we were here. The plants have the things that we need. The soil has what we need. I just, that's really cool. And I love the fact that during the lockdown, you just went outside and sat with the plants. I just think that's really cool. Because how many people just sat in their houses staring at, you know, the TV and you went outside and, and communed? Yeah. My lockdown was honestly the best. That's that was a big game changer in my life to be able to spend two months in the place where I grew up, just like almost by myself and just being back in the forest, like when I was a child. That's really cool. Well, as we come to a close, I just wanted to give you an opportunity to share whatever else might be on your mind. Um, if you have any words that you'd like to leave the listeners with, or maybe one of your poems or anything. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, I don't have a, I don't really have a poem that I could share, but yeah, I think I just really like to say, you know, if you have the opportunity, get outside and get to know the indigenous plants that grow around you. And especially if you do use a lot of essential oils, but essential oils that aren't indigenous to where you're from, start learning about the plants that are around you and, um, and talk to like, the older people, the people who safeguard the knowledge in your neighborhood to discover what's what secrets might be hidden behind those plants or their like popular uses um, locally. It's really so valuable. And then there's this quote that I wanted to share um, by Thierry Thévenin, who is um, a very, very popular um, botanist and uh medicinal plant grower let's say in France who's done a lot of a lot of very cool things who's friends with my dad and um who says I believe that foraging or gathering is a primordial activity which can guarantee the preservation of our profound humanity it invites us unavoidably at some time or another to reflect respect the natural balances and to learn and discover the laws of life that's beautiful thank you so much Zoe you're very welcome. I appreciate you coming on to Aromatic Chat and I'll share all of your links in the show notes so that people know how to get in touch with you. Yes, that's great. Thank you so much. Awesome. Okay. So can I just say that I love my podcast? Is that okay? And it's not because of anything that I do, but it's the caliber of the people that I have the privilege and honor to speak with like today's guest, Zoe Pichot. Zoe is a rare find. The majority of aromatherapists that I've been around are quite a bit older than Zoe, but here she is showing up in her community and with her friends, encouraging them to use natural medicines to heal themselves. Not only that, but she has taken on this amazing niche of helping people quit smoking. Like I said in our interview, my mom passed away from the complications of smoking. She always said to us when we would ask her to quit that she didn't have cancer, so why bother? Well, she never developed cancer, but she did have emphysema, COPD, asthma, and chronic bronchitis. She was addicted in every sense of the word. She would remove her oxygen to light up a cigarette. She smoked until the morning that she didn't wake up. Zoe, once again, I want to say wow, and thank you for the work that you're doing. What if... Just what if our beloved aromatics, along with someone like Zoe, who understands addiction and the lack of community that people struggling with addiction have, 
can blaze this trail to help the masses overcome. How amazing would that be? If you or someone you know is trying to stop smoking, I encourage you to reach out to Zoe. And I will include all of the links mentioned in today's episode in the show notes. Every time you listen and share and review the podcast, you're supporting the mission of Aromatic Chat to connect people with the aromatherapist that meets their wellness needs. Aromatic Chat is produced by Lemon Balm Coaching, and I'm your host, Melissa, Master Transformational Coach and Registered Aromatherapist. I help strong but exhausted women in their 40s to 60s reconnect with their body and emotions and reignite their well-being in just four to six months without heavy lifestyle restrictions, fruitless doctor's visits, or sacrificing their relationships. I do this through helping them reconnect with their inner wisdom and address the root cause of their issues instead of constantly tackling symptoms so that they can realign their mind, body, and spirit and heal from the inside out. If that sounds like you or someone you know, I invite you to connect with me on the web at lemonbalmcoaching.com or Instagram at lemonbalmcoaching. I will see you next time with our next episode. Until then, peace, love, and aromatics. Hey friends, I want to introduce you to Blend Precisely, the software business toolkit for aromatherapists, herbalists, and formulators. When I first started out as a practitioner, I used spreadsheets, Word documents, my calculator, all of my safety books, and that was before I ever opened up a single bottle of essential oil to create a blend. Seriously, it took at least 20 to 30 minutes for every single blend that I made for my clients or my family. Whether you're a seasoned practitioner or you're just starting out, Blend Precisely will take the guessing out of the safety issues and let you focus on creating beautiful blends with ease. No more using multiple different programs to get your blends ready to go safely and effectively. Everything is calculated for you inside Blend Precisely. Dilution, percentages, chakras, perfumery notes, pricing, milliliters, ounces, grams, and more. Blend Precisely incorporates Tisserand's safety information so you never have a question again. There's no more guessing. One toolkit for everything. The best part about Blend Precisely is that it's not just a program that you sign up to use and then have no support. There is constant support from the creators Katrin and Seth Burkholz. They have videos every week on their Facebook page, YouTube channel, and they even have a Facebook group for members of their community. I want you to know that Blend Precisely has a 14-day free trial. I suggest that you sign up for the trial, pull out some of your favorite blends and input them into the program and see what happens. Maybe even create a few new ones, maybe even create some stock blends and see how Blend Precisely can support you in your aromatic life and business. I'm sharing with you my affiliate link to try out Blend Precisely risk-free for 14 days. Just click on the link to check out the software business toolkit for aromatherapists, herbalists, and formulators. And then use this toolkit to blend precisely.